Welcome to the Fan Into Flame podcast. My name is Aristotle Alviso, but you can call me Ace. Each week, we're going to discuss something different about my King Jesus, cover either a Bible story or modern history about revival, and then how revival is shaping in New Orleans right now. And I'm going to do this until every heart in New Orleans burns for revival. In this week's episode, I had the honor of being able to interview a real good friend of mine, Juan Hilton. Uh, this was a surprise interview uh, because he was at actually making his way from Texas to Tampa to go attend River University, and he was spending the night at our place, and so, you know, it just felt like a divine appointment, and we seized the opportunity, so I'm really excited about you guys to hear that interview. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to discuss Christ in Me, the Hope of Glory. So, Christ in Me, the Hope of Glory. Let's start with Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Alright, so what's really exciting about the Christian faith is, and what separates us from being just a club or a cult or organization, is that we have the, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We have the living Christ. We have the anointed one. We have the Son of God living inside of us right and and that's an incredible thing the reason we have a hope of glory not just the glory for uh the future the glory uh that we'll experience once we've passed from this life into the next but we our hope of glory today our hope of glory to be able to to be able to see and do the greater works than what jesus did while he was on earth 2,000 years ago is because the living Christ is in us and so that's so encouraging and and I think that that is a a key part of revival you know a key part of going out and having the confidence and the hope uh, to reach out to the lost to lay hands on the sick and see them recover to have a a burning desire to see uh, nations and repent and and come to see the the kingdom of God manifested in their lives is a key part of that is knowing and having a revelation of having God living inside of you. Let's look at a couple other scriptures. In 1 John 4 verse 4, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Right. So, he who is in the world, that's talking about whatever, whatever demonic activity there is, whatever spirits there are over a city over a nation or whatever buffeting spirit you know is coming after you like like paul's thorn in the flesh greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world and that's something that we have to grab hold of by faith and it also says you are of god little children we can't forget that when we had a when we have our born again experience that became that means that we became born of the spirit it was the spirit of god that recreated us that made us a new creature and part of that you know and and what happens in nature right is that when something creates or when something uh is born or when a seed you know grows into a tree we grow uh, we reproduce after our own kind and so to be born of the spirit of the holy spirit 
means that we have been born with with a nature that is like God. And that's only made possible because of the indwelling Christ. That's powerful. So here's another scripture. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. All right, so that the beginning of that scripture is very, very important too. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. I, something that, you know, I was getting a revelation on earlier this year was, you know, I want, I want to experience the, the power of God in my life. I want to experience that, that resurrection power that, that's talked about often. And, uh, but something I had to identify with first was that I was crucified with Christ. Right, so I had like, have I have I let myself die on that cross? Did I associate myself with that burial, and then with that resurrection, ascension, and glorification of the living Christ? Right, so like I have to, I by faith have to take myself through that journey and associate myself with what Christ did, so that He can uh, live inside of me. You know, then that scripture of, you know, taking up my cross daily uh, took on new meaning. And so, and then the the latter half of Galatians two twenty also says, "I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me." And I'm going to connect that to this next scripture, which is Ephesians three, verses seventeen to nineteen. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, right? So this journey, understanding Christ in me, the hope of glory, is something that happens by faith, right? So everything everything in the Spirit happens by faith, uh, even our own salvation, starting with our own salvation. It says you are saved by grace through faith. You have to meditate on these scriptures. You have to let these scriptures become alive to you so that you can take hold of this by faith. It says... In Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, right? So that's something that we have to grab hold of and believe with our heart so that he can uh, dwell there. You know, when we became born again, it happened, but we don't live out that reality of the indwelling Christ unless we grab hold of it by faith. Similarly, how in Galatians 2.20 it says, And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So something very powerful there too, that you know, in in both of those scriptures, one the one from Galatians and from Ephesians, is when we come to a realization of Christ living in me. There's a very big connection with the love of God living in me. There's a very big connection with uh, having a revelation of love and how much He loves me. It says to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. You know, it's it's immeasurable, incalculable. And it's the best love that, that you'll ever experience. The scripture says, a perfect love casts out all fear. You know, and I love because he first loved me. You know, so it's, and that's, you know, that's just so important to grasp that and see that connection there. That the indwelling Christ, you know, grabbing hold of that, grabbing hold of his nature, his love, his power living inside of you gives you the courage and the boldness to go forth. And I'm not saying that I feel this all the time, but you know, when when I have a consciousness of Christ living inside of me, I feel like it gives me a greater consciousness of the of the needs of people around me because we know that He 
you know, he looked at the masses. He looked at the people that were hungry, that were hurting, that were sick, and he looked at them with compassion, right? And so when you have a awareness of Christ living in you, I feel like that that compassion, I don't have to work up that compassion. It, it's just a function of knowing and being aware of him living inside of me. And so really, that that's kind of what I wanted to cover, share some thoughts there on Christ in me, the hope of glory. And, you know, what I see in this coming revival for the city of New Orleans is that we, as a body of Christ, would grab hold of knowing that He lives inside us and that greater is He who is in us than He who is in the world. So that's all I wanted to share about Christ in me, the hope of glory. Hope you all got something out of it. And moving on now to the interview with my good friend, Juan Hilton. Enjoy. So praise the Lord. You know, so I'm... Juan, it's, uh, this is, like you said, a divine appointment, you know, I'm just it's definitely out of the blue, you know, you're, t- t- tell, tell all the listeners kind of what, why we're even here today and where you're headed tomorrow morning. So I'm actually heading down to the river to be under Dr. Rodney Howard Brown and um, just get some more training under my belt in the, in the avenue of evangelism. And so Louisiana is on the way, just thought I'd rest my head here and also just get to fellowship with, I, I wish Michael was here too, but yeah, yeah. you know, just to kind of hang out and fellowship with you. And also I've never actually been like, I've been through Louisiana, but I never actually stayed in Louisiana. So it was definitely very excited to kind of see the sights in a sense. Absolutely. And, and so, so I, I want to make sure, you know, we get to build a little more context about, about who you are and some of your background, you know, so, so you're 26, you know, and, and you've been, you said you're going to River University because you feel called called to the Lord. And, and what is it do you feel that, that he's called you to do? Well, it started off as just evangelism to begin with. I mean, uh, I sat in a Jonathan Shuttlesworth meeting and I was like, I want to be like him. And then it wasn't until he gave that invitation, that initial invitation, August 9th, we're about to come up next week. Or this Monday is actually going to be seven years of salvation. So... Uh, yeah, I had to make sure that I was doing my math right. <laughs> but um, but whenever he, the man of God laid hands on, and when he did the altar call, I went, I accept, like I prayed the prayer, and then he came and laid hands on everyone, and he laid hands on me, and I was out before his hand even touched my head. I was out on, I fell out on the power, and um, and I heard for the first time very audibly the Lord say, "There are many like you, and everything that I'm taking you out of, I want to do the same for them, but they won't know unless you tell them." And so I, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what this guy is doing. So that's what I wanted. I guess that's what I need to be doing. And so I felt that that call to evangelism as soon as I got saved. But um, as you and I were talking earlier, it, it just never felt like a like a piece to go yet. It just because I, I didn't know if it was just excitement that I was just like, yeah, I just got saved. Like now I just want to tell everybody, you know, and that's always the greatest time is like when people first get saved to go in, like disciple them and then send them off but um but so i I just i couldn't i kind of just put it on the back burner for a little bit and then now just after being in revival meetings for a a while now especially with jonathan coming to rowlett he spent almost like a month and some change there i i finally felt like that that piece to go and so you know i applied for a scholarship got got tuition paid for and now we're just taking the leap of faith and we, you know, move the family down to Florida. Amen. That's awesome. And that, that's, I'm so excited for you, you know, and like, it's, I've known you, I think, you know, just, just over a year, you've known Michael, my roommate for since 2015. Yeah. So, so that's cool. 
And, you know, I, I guess just, it's just cool to say that in terms of fellowship, obviously we, we want to be able to fellowship with everyone in the body of Christ. Right. But, but I just feel like, you know, since I've known you, we, we've had a, more of a connection than just being brothers in Christ. But, you know, I feel like we've both come to the Lord through the same ministries. You know, we've been heavily impacted by, by the same like men of God, even, even from the past, you know, but our, our love for the ministries of Kenneth Hagin and so on and so forth. You know, it's, it's just cool that... Granddad Hagin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we obviously feel, at least I feel, you know, like a similar spirit. You know, oh, 100%. And that, that I mean, it's definitely been... Like spirit calling out to spirit in, in that avenue, right. and so so that's been fun, and and that's that's also why I'm excited to do this interview too. You know, what's cool is kind of what what you were talking about, how we we went around the city, and in this podcast, you know, what, what we try to what I'm trying to do is get other ministries plugged in and and sharing how they're contending for revival here in New Orleans. You obviously are, are just kind of passing through, but we but we had a very intentional visit. You know, we, we were able to drive around and stuff. So can, can you explain a little of some of the stuff you saw today? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've always driven through Louisiana and I've always heard about New Orleans and I've heard about like Bourbon Street, the French Quarter, all of that. And I it, it was definitely a, almost like a culture shock, I guess you can say, when actually being there. And I'm like, man, this is where like, they're throwing beads like girls are being butt half like but you could definitely feel like there's like a pres like a, a a supernatural force that's over that piece of like the of the city because we were going out to like the what was it like the the riverfront or whatever where like we were like blocks away from it and it felt a little more peaceful but then you you go right back into the city you can really feel like there's a evil spirit basically a demonic spirit that's overtaking the city and the culture and i mean but it's perfect it <laughs> as evangelists we see as it it's the harvest and it's very ripe it's very ready to go so i i definitely saw that and it, it definitely encouraged me to to see what you guys are doing here i mean as far as like the podcast and like um even having church like right there in like the belly of the beast so to say you know it, it encouraged me that you guys are actually going for it in a in a different avenue as instead of just inviting people to church and hopefully they show up type thing like you're taking it to them or taking the gospel to them so it was just it was really great to see that and it was it was very interesting to see um the portrayal that they do on tv and stuff like that and actually be in there i didn't think it was that that crazy and ratchet but it, it definitely was <laughs> it is yeah so it, it it threw me it threw me under a loop for for a second like i was just like wait a minute yeah yeah <laughs> but but now i'm like i'm definitely uh inspired and i'm definitely like you know i'm here for you guys if you ever need me I'm I'm only as hopping to skip away like I'm down to be in this in this harvest field with you guys. So we were talking about going through the city and everything, and so for some context, it's Friday, uh, August sixth, and we we went down to the French Quarter and we were walking down Bourbon Street, saw some of Canal. Uh, we're down to the riverfront, and that was around like four thirty, four thirty in the afternoon. And it's crazy that people are out that like I mean. You know, we call them people of the night, but it's just kind of like people of when the sun goes down, basically. Right, right. I mean, the weekend started probably at like noon. Yeah. <laughs> Day drinking and whatnot. Wow. It's it's interesting to think that because, I mean, for us 
because I'm from Texas, so and more so like the DFW area, and like for us, our comparison to bourbon and the French Quarter would be like the Fort Worth stockyards, where you have the open shops, you can grab a beer, like just bypassing, kind of like how they're passing out hand grenades, like, and so it was. But it was still so different because, I mean, we look at Louisiana compared to Texas. Texas is still kind of more conservative in a sense. And where, and so to, to kind of see, like, the two spectrums of, like, leadership, it was, like, it, it like I said, it threw me under a loop. It, it definitely was. It was interesting. I, I think, like, I think it's interesting to see something different that I'm not used to um, or something that you just like read about or that you watch on tv and you're actually living it it's just like it's definitely interesting we talked about quite a lot today you know just driving around the city and everything and one of the things that i thought was an interesting topic you know just along the lines of revival Mm -hmm. you mentioned something about revival having to be in your heart first yeah and and so can can you share a little bit more about that i'm trying to be very i'm choosing my words very lightly because we never want to be somebody that talks down on a on a on a ministry or a minister but i feel like we've watered down like what revival the importance and the urgency of revival where we're always crying out for it everybody seems to be crying out for it they're quote-unquote fasting for it but really nobody's placed it in their heart to say I am revival. I am born again. I am filled with that fire. Let me go out and contend for it. And I, I feel like that, like we're, we've done enough praying. It's time to do some doing. <laughs> and, and so, by doing, what, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean we take. I mean a little bit like what you're doing now. It's, and I don't want to make it like put everybody in a box, but it's, it's more than just praying about it and speaking about revival and like. Oh yeah, let's talk about Azusa Street, or let's talk about like the Toronto blessing. Let's let's do all of that. Like that's great for kind of like a model, but we have to go out there and actually like do it. Let's go lay hands on something. Let's go let's go minister to our neighbor. Like you know, I'm I'm encouraged to, to and I'm reminded of when I first got saved and I was still living at my parents' house and I was washing my car and two kids showed up and I just ministered to them. And they accepted Jesus right at the end of my door, uh, my driveway. You see how how much this generation has gone. I mean, so backwards. I mean, people joke about like, oh, we're living in Sodom and like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> they're not they're not too far off from the truth. But it's it's just a matter of taking what's already been in you you know like what god has done in your life he wants to do through your life so he he wants us like we have that call of action and we spoke about it earlier where every believer should have a a sense of a like the call the call to action the call to go ye into all the nations we should all have that you know it doesn't mean that you have to be in a fivefold ministry or that you have to work in all the gifts of the spirit but do something. Where where are you working at? Your coworkers need to know Jesus. Like, are you a closeted Christian? Where do they know that you're a believer? Do, or do you like pray in silent over your food? Do you, do you or do you work on Sundays? Do you like stuff like that? Wow. I mean, there's there's a certain lifestyle that sets you apart. And I and I think for us to really go into revival is to understand that like we have to purpose it in our heart to go see the lo- the lost saved. There's no, uh, Tiff Shuttlesworth would say it, that says it the best. There's no greater cause than winning the lost. What do you think might be some of those barriers to, to what you're saying? Like, what's keeping people from getting out there? 
you and I had the conversation uh, prior a little earlier. Um, it's just people being weird. <laughs> like, I, and I hate to put it in like such lame terms of people being weird, but it's just like, what's that saying that you you'll attract more with with uh, honey than you would with vinegar. You will attract more bees with honey than you would do with vinegar, and it's just kind of like I feel like there's this this idea of evangelism that makes people want be weird mm. where it's just like instead of just giving them the gospel hey has anybody told you that god loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life not shondai rondai you're going to go to hell da, da, da. like it's like dude especially if you're trying to do it out in the street yeah. you don't know if they're sober-minded you don't know if they're on something you you're gonna come out that you're turning people off to the to 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 receiving you know, I'm not saying that it doesn't work because I'm sure that you maybe one out of 500 probably, you know, like <laughs> give or take and I'm just making up statistics on that point. But like if you would just give them the plain gospel, Jesus died for you and he wants you to have a wonderful life. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But but Jesus said, I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Simple. It's not weird. And then what, what's going to happen? Oh, no, thanks, brother. I'm good. Or you'll get that person that's like, that's exactly what I was about to go and kill myself. Right, right. Because, and this is the thing that I, that gets me. is like, sometimes believers don't understand that when they're ministering the gospel, you don't know. You might be the only Jesus anybody ever sees. What? So how are you representing him? Jesus isn't weird. <laughs> yeah, as much as much as, as pop by, by culture wants to make you seem that he's some soy boy like woke jesus he's not dude was a man <laughs> he was a man's man but and that's really the the thing that's holding revival from breaking loose is understanding that the gospel is simple it's so simple why are we making it complicated why are we adding fluff to it why are we adding x y and z to it god loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life simple <laughs> you know towards the end of our excursion you know discovering new orleans we we went to we went to a park we went to lafreniere park you know just a place that i wanted to show you that that's been on my heart for like almost like the past year and a half you know and so i guess what can you describe that did, did you feel anything when when you got there like what, what what were you thinking so whenever we got there it it felt like you can feel like there was like a, a release I, I that's how i felt i felt like there was a release of like this is a place where you need to partner with. And I, I've felt that with uh, only a few other people. Like I felt that with Jonathan. I felt that with like all of like the shuttles with family. It's something that was on my, on my heart too, down in Fort Worth um, is like open air amphitheater preaching. We did it in Mansfield, which is a little suburb outside of, uh, outside of Arlington. And it was great. Like it, it was a good turnout. We were planning on doing something before COVID hit. Unfortunately, COVID, ugh. But um, but whenever we got there, I saw the vision. I saw a or a a form of your possibly your vision of seeing a place that was full of people just hungry, and that's what. And right now, especially, I mean, Dr. Rodney said it the best. We are living in the perfect hour and time for souls, and it's it's so true. People are looking for something to believe in. They're tired of listening to Dr. Fauci. They're tired of listening to politicians. They're tired of all of that because it doesn't work and it runs out. They're tired of it. So, I mean, when we got there and 
I just felt the like the 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 anointing to pray. Yeah. And I prayed, and it and I don't think I was a, a small prayer. I think it was pretty, <laughs> pretty deep. Yeah. Um, or pretty out there. So it was like a faith faith filled prayer. Right. And and then after it finished. And we were walking out like I felt like I know you got struck by the joy <laughs> and I did, too. But in the, in, the, in the sense of it's only a matter of time, Amen. like it's, it's we're on the, the, the cusp of it. We're, we're like there. Now it's just a matter of God mean, meeting us there, meeting you there. And so, so to be more specific for those of you listening is, uh, you know, so we went to Lafreniere Park and there is the there's a built in like outdoor stage there. And there's a large field that, that I saw it maybe for the first time a year and a half ago. And, you know, when, when I first saw it, I just felt that I want to do a crusade there. You know, I just saw it. that I, I just want that entire field not full of people listening to, to musicians. I don't have a problem with that. But, like, I, I also want to see it for, for the glory of God, you know, for the kingdom of God. And I, I've just seen it in my heart just full of people and like a multi-night crusade, maybe even a whole week, you know, with other ministers and just preaching the gospel to, to hundreds of people out there and, you know, complete with like giveaways and and, and worship music and everything. But I, I just know and, you know, and I was just so, so glad that we went out there because, you know, just like you said, as as soon as we walked onto the stage, like I, I felt the anointing too, you know, like the like the presence was just there, you know, and, and so, you know. I just had to ask in my heart. I was like, "Lord, what what do you want?" Like, I know you're here, so like, what's gonna happen right now? And then you prayed, and and there was just a there was a peace, and like you said, there was a release, you know. And I feel like part of part of my I'm I'm just flowing, but like part of part of my heart of this podcast, you know, is that I feel no matter what is in my heart, unless I get it out, you know. Yeah. And I feel like part of this podcast is releasing what is in my heart to 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 decree a thing, you know, to to see it established and to know that I will eat the fruit of me speaking life, you know, and, and that this city can, can be blessed from it, you know? And so I just feel like part of what you did, you spoke life over, over that field. And I just, you know, like, you, you know, <laughs> I believe that it's, it's going to happen and that it's done, you know? And so, so I'm grateful. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's the thing is, and, and this is where people get like, get sideways over like the blab it and grab it. Like the, the, what is speaking and name, name it, claim it. Where it's like, God can't work on something that's stuck in here. There has to be a, a it has to be released out because as soon as you say something, it's out there. That means you said it and it's, it's up to God to be like, all right, he said it. It's according to my word. Boom. Let me make a miracle out of it. That your joy may be full. <laughs> and, and that's, and that's what it is. Is that, and that's why I really think that like, and this probably is getting off subject, but like, this is the reason why people aren't healed. This is the reason why people don't live in the abundance and prosperity of Almighty God. It's because they're afraid to speak because they feel like they're not deserving of it. They're, they're afraid to speak out. Like, I mean, that's how I got healed. I didn't get healed by like going on like random tangents of, of prayer. Like, because I didn't know how to pray. <laughs> I was freshly saved. But I knew Psalms 103 and I read it. And it says he's a, he's a God of benefits. He heals me of all of my sickness and my diseases. But I had to speak that out, and I had to believe and, and take God at His word. Because then, if he if if I didn't get healed, that means he was a liar, and he's not. That's not who he is. Because he's not the son of man who should change your mind, or he's not. He's not. He's not one who should lie, or the son of man that he should change his mind. Like, and that's and that's what it is. Is that we made it a we purposed it to speak it, 
And because we spoke it, God heard it. And if God heard it, he, he, does he not act? Does he hear and not act? No, that's not the God that. That's not that's not a father. Because the father wants he wants what his he as as we delight ourselves in him. Psalm thirty seven four. As we delight ourselves in him, he fulfills the desires of our heart. Your heart is to see my heart because of what I told you uh, earlier. Your vision has become my vision, right? It's his. Your desire is to see this 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 city shaken by the power of God. Hey man, if if you be about his business, he'll be about yours. He'll he'll meet you there. So that's why I, I really I have absolutely a hundred percent confidence that that Noir, the greater New Orleans area is going to be hit hard. Amen. And it's going to be we're not going to be talking about Azusa Street like that. We're going to be like talking about like what look at what happened in Canal Street. <laughs> yeah. Look what happened on Bourbon. Bourbon Street. Yeah. Like look what happened there. At Jackson Square. Amen. Because we are we are in the moment in time that this is what stories of faith are made out of. Mm. We we have a generation to look up to. Yes, we have the Kent Takens, we have the Oral Roberts, the T.L. Osborns, the Lester Sumrall's, and the list goes on. The Oral Robert, the Oral Roberts, the John Osteens. We have them. Should the Lord tarry, let's give the, let's leave something of a legacy for the next generation. Amen. And, you know, just went back, man, so much good stuff. But just, I loved our conversation that we had about honor earlier, you oh. know. And, but, you know, just, just, how, just how you're talking about, you know, the, the men of old, you know, the ones that have passed. And how, you know, what we were talking about earlier with honor is that I, f- I feel like a big part of how we honor them. It's not just, not just giving them money, right? Or, but it's how we represent them. You know, how, and, you know, one, how... We recognize that they represented Jesus, but then how we can represent uh, likewise and do the same and go and surpass them, how we can stand on their shoulders and expect more, you know, because if we can, if we can look at the past and see what he's done and he's challenged us to, to ask, think and, and, and know that he can do abundantly more than, then we know that he can do more than what we've seen in the past. You know what I mean? Like we just have to have a heart of expectation. You know? Well, think about it this way. I mean, Jesus said even greater works you shall do that's right i haven't risen the dead yet like Uh, (laughs) you know like and and i still like i'm gonna be honest with your listeners i i don't don't think my faith is there yet to raise the dead yet i mean i've seen i've laid hands on people that had messed up like bones and i've seen recreated kneecaps like i've seen that (laughs) but it it is our and i love how tiff said it uh, speaking on jonathan Shuttlesworth, that Tiff's ceiling should be Jonathan's floor, meaning he can only go higher. That's how we should be. We should be able to look at, especially like young men, like young, like I consider us young guys, (laughs) young adults. We're very young. (laughs) Like we should be ahead of the game than the Kenneth Higgins and the Lester Summerall's and them because we got this thing. We got a hold of, of God's word early on. We got a hold of his power that is through his Holy Spirit early on. It's a, it's a big thing. Honor is a very one of the biggest missing keys in the body of Christ today because we all want to be on the forefront. We all want to be like center stage. We all want the mic. We all want, and it shouldn't be like that. So kind of want to lean towards wrapping up. So what, uh, well, first, I, any any closing thoughts? 
Honestly, Ace, you are by far one. You're you're a blessing one. And I'm sure that the Lord is looking down on you, and He is proud to say, "Well done and good, my well done, my good, my good and faithful servant," because that's you are. Like just listening to your testimony earlier, it it just it blew my mind because I didn't know that about you, and just to to think that God can use anybody, anyone, whenever He sees fit, those that are willing. And I love that you are so willing to be used by by God. Because there's there's people that are like, hey, I'm a, I'm a preacher kid or like whatever. Like they feel like they can walk around with a chip on their shoulder. You're humble, and that's and that's another ingredient that's maybe for another time. But I'm excited to see what God's doing in your life. I'm excited for it, and I I you're gonna do it at a higher level. You will do it at a higher level, and it will be so easy that only, you will look up and say that only God could have done this. Because it's only unto him who the glory belongs to. And I believe that. I stand in agreement with that. Amen. Amen. I, I agree with that. Because it's very difficult to find people, men, strong men, that are willing to take the course of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And, I, and I, I, I'm really excited to see what the Holy Spirit does in your life. All that which you have desired, you shall have in Jesus' name. Well, humbly I received. You know, I, I didn't expect you to, to go that route at all, but I, I didn't either. I, I love you. You know, and I just really appreciate this the time we got to spend together. Definitely. Oh man, I wish it. I wish we were able to spend more time, and I wish I, there was more that I can. I, I feel like there's a bottle of just overflowing information <laughs> for B-roll, but it, it's it's all coming down. You know, we know we're closing, but we are coming into, you know, Tiff talks about it so much. It's like, how the rapture hasn't happened yet? I don't know. And I know. And I, and I agree with him. But I also know is because we have such a wonderful, loving God, merciful God that he, Second uh, Peter 3, 9, that he's not being slow as, as we know slowness, but he is being patient because he doesn't want anyone to perish. I heard that for the first time in 2015, and I, it stuck with me. Like clearly, I'm still I'm still rehearsing it. <laughs> That's and and I think we're right now we're in the final moments. We're I mean it's we're in overtime right now, and I and I, I truly believe that that it's going to be us. It's going to be the the young body of Christ to look at our our four. Like, I call them our forefathers in the faith. Model take their models. Figure out what works, what didn't work for them, so that way we don't fall in that same trap and only do greater. Greater works ye shall do. Amen. Greater works we shall do. Greater works I shall do. It's a daily confession, and you got to do it. <laughs> for his glory. Only. Man, Lord, I just, we love you, Lord. I'm just so grateful for, for this time. I know that the, you were moving throughout this throughout this episode and i just can't wait for the testimonies to flow through this for the breakthrough to flow through this for your kingdom to be advanced through this and we give you all the glory all the honor and all the praise you're just such a good god we love you uh, uh, one one last thing is uh you know for 
because obviously you're gonna be you're gonna be training uh, <laughs> hitting the school of Tyrannus, you know, the, <laughs> over at the river, and that's and that's so exciting. But you know, how else can other how can other people listening? How can they get connected with you? Is there uh, anything that they can follow you on? So right now, my main uh, my main point of contact as far as the ministry is Hilton Min underscore so H I L T O N like the hotel M I N like ministry just without the history at the end and then the underscore um and that's on instagram um and then also i mean you can follow me on juan c hilton on facebook um we're bringing out more content as as we get settled into our new spot all of that um and yeah i mean that's pretty much the two major spots father i thank you father that sickness and disease does not belong to a believer I thank you, Father, that sickness and disease is of the devil. I acknowledge it, that it comes from the devil. I thank you that it doesn't come from you. So, Father, anyone under the unction of my voice that is dealing with any type of depression and any type of physical, bodily sickness or disease, Father, I curse it at the root and I command it healed. I command that their bodies come into complete and total alignment to your word. Your word says that by the bloodshed sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been healed. And so I thank you for that sacrifice and I thank you for that blood. I thank you that it's not only for salvation, but I thank you that it's for healing. So I thank you, Father, and I command every body, every physical body to come into alignment to your word in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That sprung out of my spirit, so I needed it for it to come out. Yeah, but yeah, no, Facebook and Instagram, those are the two the two places, and then Twitter's coming right back. Um, I was really active on Twitter, but I decided I needed to take a, a time off because politics and all that didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> awesome. Juan, love you. This was I'm excited for this episode to come out. Bless you, brother. I appreciate you. Love you too. Now before we go, how is revival impacting your part of New Orleans? Shoot it to me on Twitter or Instagram and get it featured on a future episode. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. See you next week. I love you.